When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sean is a fresher breath there. He just loves chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still it, swollen. It, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 118. Of the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bill Sabres, entertainment, everything in between, and as always, part of the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Woody Sports 716 and make sure you check out everything Built-in Buffalo is giving you every single day. The best Bills content out there at Built-in Buffalo underscore YouTube, Facebook. It's a takeover. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on tonight? When we joke witty together, Matt and Tony's podcasting endeavor, always here ready to host, no video like voices of a ghost. When the bills are eliminated, that's when parodies are created, singing this thing a cappella, doing parodies weekly a cappella, fella, fella, nation. Hey, Matt, what's going on? I hope you're ready for the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're familiar. If you're not, you're going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is Super Bowl week. It's one of my favorite episodes of the offseason, Tony. I know the offseason's young, but I love when we talk about Super Bowl props as we do every single year. You do our yearly tradition. I do. I love I love gambling. I love props. My checkbook doesn't like it. I just love gambling. I just love gambling. Well, I don't know. You're not addicted. You love gambling no. and it's literally all you think about and you can't help but just continue to place bets over and over. And it consumes your mind and your spirit most of the time of the day. Exactly. But exactly. I mean, if you're not if you're not addicted by now, then you never will be. So I think you're safe. No, no. You, you summed it up perfectly. It's it's exactly my mindset going <laughs> but later on, we'll get into the Super Bowl props, as I mentioned. We'll get into our favorite Bills plays of the season. 
And oh boy, there's some doozies. But what's like the hot thing this week? LeBron breaking the NBA scoring record? Didn't even know what happened. So cool. Did you not? How did you not know what happened? It's been a busy week. Like his career, the only thing. Like he's talking about a lot of things happened this week. The only thing that happened. What? There's tons of stuff. Like what? Name two other things. Uh, There was an okay. There was an earthquake or two. That counts as two. Oh yeah, that's right. Union happened. The earthquake in Buffalo. <laughs> right. Did you feel that in Rochester? Uh, some people did, but I okay. personally did not. Okay. But okay. some I of my students see how did. how far reaching it was. It was. It was the, map, the map has certain areas that go right up into the Genesee River. Okay. Kind Big of like, not, not consistently, but yeah. It's just a map of like where people reported feeling it. But I live Buffalo on the Buffalo hasn't felt a tremor the like that. I did not feel it. Oh, really? Since, okay, interesting. Here we go. I was going to say since Marcel Darius crashed his car into a Chinese buffet. but <laughs> Who was the saver that drove into a Tim Hortons? Ryan O'Reilly. Was it? Okay, I was going to say that, but I didn't yeah. feel confident enough because I associate him with so many other things. I was like, well, it couldn't be Ryan O'Reilly because that's the guy that did this. He was desperate to get some Tim Biebs. He got a little too rambunctious with it. Yeah, right through the everyone knows Ryan O'Reilly. Has, ROR has the Bieber fever. The only prescription is that glaze. Or more cowbell. It's the prescription for everything. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know about LeBron breaking the scoring record. I can't believe like, I didn't either. I'm in shock. 40-year-old like, record. You think this would have been out there more. Yeah. It was, someone would have been talking it was, about this. It was very cool. I, I was watching it live. The, the crazy thing is it happened with 10 seconds left in the third quarter of the game. And instead of just waiting the 10 seconds till the quarter ends and everyone's on a break for a couple minutes and then doing a big ceremony. Uh They just stopped the game right at that 10 second mark and did like a 10 minute ceremony. Is the game over? It was the oddest thing I've ever seen. It was 10 seconds left in the whole game. No, 10 seconds left in the third quarter. Oh, and they just just stopped the game to honor LeBron breaking the record with like this huge ceremony, like video package, the whole nine yards. He did a speech at half court. It was really odd. I've never seen a game just stopped like that to, to celebrate something. I feel like I see it in baseball quite a bit. Basketball, uh, maybe base, once. Baseball makes sense though, like because there's so many game. stoppages in the game. It's always itself. stopped. It's, yeah. It's mostly stopped in baseball. Did they stop the game when, uh, who was it? Michael Strahan broke the sack record. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I kind of vaguely ima- remember. I imagine they did. That would happen. Again, again, though, like mm. football is very, like, I mean, got a lot how many stops. actual game minutes are played, like active game minutes are played during a football game. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like 20 it's like something or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like astronomically low. What else is going on, Tony? Aaron Rodgers says he's going to take a, a sabbatical. He's going to go on like a retreat and sit in a dark room for like three weeks. Then adds up. This may, and then figure out what to do with his future. Now, I bring this Honestly, up, Tony. Not it sounds I, great. Eh, does it? In the middle of a desert. For me, it does. In darkness. I don't oh, know. Oh, well, sounds... you didn't say it was in a desert. I don't. I think it's in a desert. Where else would you, you picture that he's like going into a sweat lodge? Yeah, kind of. Just in a dark sweat lodge. I can go into. I can go into my closet right now and. <laughs> I darkness. don't think he's going into his closet. Mm-hmm. He's going on a darkness retreat. I, I oversold. I think it it's may- not. It's not three weeks. It's four days in complete darkness. Oh. But still, 
Why don't you? How does he that's eat? a good experiment, Tony. Go sit in your closet for four days. Tell me your thoughts coming back out. Okay, I'll probably have a lot of thoughts because my brain will have exploded because I will have <laughs> right. had to face my demons that get oppressed by our the hustle and bustle <laughs> of our capitalist system. You know, so much to think about. I come out of this closet. The first thing that I ask after as soon as I talk to you, I'm like, Matt, what are your thoughts on 9/11? Straight <laughs> right. to them. I think Aaron Rodgers has a point. I think Aaron Rodgers might be right about the world. Yeah. He just come out looking like Tom Hanks and Castaway. It's like, Tony, it's only been four days. What happened? Right. <laughs> no, the reason I bring it up, Tony, is because Aaron Rodgers is an odd guy, to say the least. He dates witches. He goes on darkness retreats. He takes the, what was the drug he took? Salvia? I don't even Why know. Why Oh, is that it? Is that what it's called? I know they did a I celebration think about so. it this season. Yeah, I think you're right. But recently, as we mentioned last week, Josh played at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, was quite friendly with one Aaron Rodgers. And this is why I bring Aaron Suspiciously friendly. Suspiciously friendly. I'm a little worried. And did we see Josh mm-hmm. at the NFL Honors the other night? No, was he, he was in the there? closet. <laughs> he was in the dark. He's at, he was at the darkness retreat? <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't at the NFL. He has, honors, to like, do- he has to like DoorDash the food in there. No, I guess I don't think he was. I don't think he was either because they didn't show any pictures of him. The Bills social media didn't have pictures of him. Is he on this darkness retreat with Aaron Rodgers is the question. And if the answer is yes, I'm a little worried. Uh, me too. I don't care. Scale one win, to ten. Winning ten being the most. <laughs> of my worry? Yes. I guess. If, if Josh was hanging if Josh was hanging out with Aaron Rodgers, you're at a seven. Well, Josh has hung out with Aaron Rodgers. I've seen it on the yeah. golf course. But if he's doing it golf outside right the now. golf course, right? Eh, I don't know. A seven point eight. <laughs> we're, we're moving Still. up slowly but surely. Yeah. Did you watch the NFL Honors? I did not did watch the NFL, NFL Honors. I I didn't have the. I like the NFL Honors. I watched. I would say most of it after the fact via YouTube clips. Right, um, right. I don't well. have the stations and access for the NFL Honors, uh, but I did enjoy watching what I could after the fact. Obviously, I was really Night. pushed towards the DeMar Hamlin stuff, which was right very heavily produced, but magical nonetheless. <laughs> yes. I will say that DeMar Hamlin body double is putting in a lot of work to earn that paycheck. It's an art form. He to is. become another he is person. Spot on. This is, this is method acting at its finest, folks. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix has Clear nothing day he on. Learned. Jared Leto has nothing on the DeMar Hamlin stunt double. Clear as day, he learned from the best, which is Avril Lavigne. <laughs> right. In their body double seminar, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago. DeMar Hamlin thing was very nice to see, and he won a he won another award the night before the NFL Honors as well. <laughs> Not the Walter Payne Man of the Year, but another similar type of award. Brian Dable, former Bills yep. offense coordinator, won Coach of the Year. Yeah. Very deserved of that title quite the turnaround with the giants you think he deserved it more than mcdermott oh yeah you don't no i i think sean mcdermott deserved it more brian dable didn't go through the adversity that this bills team did yeah i know 14 that's right 14 wins 14 wins with the just parade of bullshit that he had to lead his (laughs) team through 500 yards of smelling foul i can't even imagine like he's escaping shawshank prison (laughs) and brian dable shows up and says you know, and if anything, I think it's more on Shane than Brian Dable. I mean, they got Shane, a yeah. big infusion of talent, took a bunch of Bills cast-offs, and were able to win a fair amount of games. I mean, it's a turnaround. He did a great job. To answer your question that I stepped on apologetically, 
did we make it? Would we be better off with Babel? Yeah, I kind of do think so. But oh, I'm not gonna. Do, I'm not gonna dwell on that. But I do think that Sean McDermott deserved the award more. I would have voted for him. And Kyle Shanahan got more votes than McDermott. Who's this voting guy... for this? They're not paying attention at all. <laughs> they have he only a base led his level. team to the NFC Championship. I, who gives a shit? A coach does that every year. Two coaches do that every year. Do the do Not the impressed. coaches do that with a seventh round Mister Irrelevant at quarterback? I don't know. Do the coaches do that with people dying on the field and also in their ownership beds and also shootings and also Tony, fucking, Tony. and also so, like I sat in front of this real dipshit from New Jersey and he was a real pain <laughs> in the ass. This all this adversity happened this season. Okay. That's obviously the biggest adversity <laughs> you sit in front of a person yeah. from New Jersey. Gosh, why did Tony get the man of the year? That adversity. That's a that's a good point. I put up with a lot Gosh. of shit in section 312. <laughs> if you have to sit behind a person from New Jersey, that's torture. What's next? They just let anybody in these games. I don't even know why we have we have to go through these security lines if they're just letting everybody in. <laughs> right. They're just letting that level of human in. Darn. I, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't know about that. Uh, I feel your pain. You know. I bet you do, but don't gaslight but me you're, like you're but, like you're on. But you're stronger for it. Oh, okay. who, who's the who's the Al Franken character? Like... Stuart Smiley. Is it Smiley? I thought it was Smalley. Stuart Smalley. Oh, is it Smalley? That's probably right. I haven't Bye. seen the movie in a long time. I should get down on that. And Don Ghana, you're good enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he looks in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, that is like a, a underrated SNL character. Yeah, have you seen in, the movie? In my no, I have not. I haven't seen oh, yeah, like a movie with it. A lot of like early '90s SNL movies, other than Wayne's World, of course. Uh huh. Like There's I never that. saw the. It's, I was thinking of, it, it's Pat movie. I was just gonna bring up the It's Pat movie. Yeah, I, I don't want to see the. It's, I didn't think It's Pat was a very funny character. Well, I mean, obviously, there's no way you're gonna be able to find It's Pat now. The content of that movie, I, I would say, like, what 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 could have aged worse in our society than the It's <laughs> Pat movie? Right. That's a good. Point. Like, there's no. There's no going back from that. Like that thing is that thing is it dead is, is burnt. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That yeah, that thing is just is just charred burnt. Coneheads, you ever see the Coneheads movie? Uh I did. I don't recall like what it was about or even if I liked it. I like I know what it's about, aliens and coming whatever. Like I don't even I think recall as an how adult, I felt about it at the time. I, I think, think it was at that the funny. time I loved it, but uh, as an adult, I think I don't want to see it now because I think I would poke like way too many holes in it and it wouldn't even be fun oh yeah easily i mean mm-hmm. the best snl movie to me still is night at the roxbury how they took that skit and made a fantastic movie out of it is genius you think you think that's better than either wayne's world oh i mean I'm like i feel like wayne's really world was like a le- legit movie and night at the roxbury was okay like cash in on a skit <laughs> i don't even like put them in the same categories i don't know where to draw the line then because <laughs> This is obviously just purely based on your feelings, and I don't even know where, like where they come from. They're all SNL no, movies. <laughs> they were skits, they are, and yeah. then they were movies. That's a good point. <laughs> I wanted to bring up Brian Dable, though, not only because he won Coach of the Year, Tony. Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. We got off on a tangent. We, we've mentioned it for the past couple weeks, Tony, and there was a couple hirings as we get into Bill's news this week, and a couple of... Coaches moving on. We had the assistant offensive line coach move on. We had Chad Hall, the wide receivers coach, move on. And we brought in Al Holcomb, a defensive assistant defensive coordinator, I think it was his title, 
in Carolina under Steve Wilkes. Coach was Sean McDermott when McDermott was at Carolina as well. And, of course, we brought in Joe Dana as a safeties coach, as we mentioned last week. Let's look at the physical aspects of these these four individuals I just mentioned, Tony. People leaving. Yes. yes. Immaculate Samson level where they gain their powers through their thick, illustrious hair. Those coming in, no hair. Tony, it's a bald renaissance. People say those witty guys are silly with this stuff. But Tony, we're kind of right about our conspiracies. The evidence is there. The facts are there. Sean McDermott, do we need to talk about his mental fragile state? Is he intimidated by these people with illustrious locks on top of their heads? And he's Mm. kicking them out and he's bringing in the rest of the balds. Tony, it's a thing. Like we joked about siphoning balds from around the league. He's just siphoning balls. He conducts a job interview. These people walk into his office. He doesn't even look at their resume. He looks at the top of their head and says, you're hired or get out. And, and I never want to see the way, you. bitch. Exactly. I think it sounds like Tony, that's exactly what happens. He's too hurt. Because to, really, I would I would something. argue. I would argue that of all McDermott assistant coaches or underling coaches, the most bald of any of them since his arrival was Brian Dable. Brian Abel's right. really bald. I don't know if it's just like a head shape thing that it just makes it seem like he's, oh, he's really, really bald. That chrome, that cranium was in the bowling ball polisher, like Homer Simpson. Yep. Yes. Is <laughs> I thought you were going to say Bill Murray does, from Kingpin or Big Lebowski. Or, but yes. No, Kingpin, great movie. Didn't I yes. tell you to call me Ernie or Big Ern? <laughs> Big Ern. Yeah. Love, so love, I'm very basically curious. Basically, that's the like, only moment right. in Kingpin I like. I know. Right? Well, I like Bill Murray and his like crazy hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. always thought that visual was very, very funny. But that's why I bring up Brian Dable because he is a bald and they let him go or they let him seek out. But he's a higher. He's position. so bald. He's like, like, what's his bald points? If we do it like out of 10 points, he's a 10 out of 10. Oh, he's a 10 bald out of 10. Point. McDerm- McDermott's like, what, a nine? Uh, I was going to say an eight. Could be eight or nine. OK. But even right. like yeah, some of these new guys, like they're just like average bald. Like they're sixes. Yeah, so I think right. he's trying to get, bring in a lot to compensate. For he's trying to be one the top bald. Power bald. Yeah. Well, he's just trying to build up, <laughs> up his bald points. His, his bald. Yeah. Looks like the best bald terminology here. Yeah. His, his bald, bald status. Points. It is interesting, though. I mean, we're, we're, we're silly. We joke. But like when the facts lay out as they do. How do like, you res- I, how do you tell us we're wrong? How can wow. you tell us we're wrong? We might need to evaluate his mental state. I think he is. Mentally fragile, you know, especially after a loss, especially after a big playoff loss, you're down, you're not feeling great about yourself. You need to be the top bald. That's the one way to get your your energy back up, <laughs> make you feel good about yourself. Uh, again. Yes. Yeah. It's like Superman with the sun, <laughs> yes, where the energy exactly. comes from. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you don't think that Sean McDermott is targeting bald coaches, you're anti-science. <laughs> Tony, moving on. You ready to get into our favorite Bills plays of the year? It's always kind of a bittersweet segment because you never want the season to end. But then you recollect and you look back and you say, oh, like, yeah, Matt Milano was really, really good this year. Like, stupid yeah, good. Yeah, I'm you ready. ready to get into our favorite Bills plays of the year? Yes. Let's throw it to our favorite coach, not of the year, but of Bills organizational history. Mr. Marv Levy. Marv, take it away. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. 
And we are back. Tony, the Bills season is over. That does not mean the Bills talk stops as we do every year. Our favorite Bills plays of the year. Sometimes we do like five, ten. I think we do ten in years past, which is way too much. We've consolidated it down to three and some honorable mentions I have. Our three favorite Bills plays of the season. Tony, would you like to do the honors this week and start us off? Oh, wow. I would be honored to do said honors. But I say that selfishly because if we're doing this draft style, there's a definitive number one. There is a Ooh, Trevor Lawrence in here. You don't think that there's a definitive number one? You don't think every scout is salivating over this play? I think it's clear as day it is Naheem Hines on the return to open the game coming off of the Hamlin injury. That is a quintessential number one pick. Very good. Yes, that is a quintessential number one pick. You're damn right it is. <laughs> that was... There that is... Was like one of the you were there, craziest, I mean, greatest moments. I was there. I, was I think from times... a pure emotional and yes, timely and just... Yes, it's like a storybook. It, just as Romo said, it's like a storybook. And it was. Yes. It Speaking was a of Romo, to, real, go, real to quick, go through what we all just went through. Tony Romo reports that CBS talked to him, had a little intervention mid-season about his... I don't even want to say antics... His overzealous excellent. excitement. Oh, is <laughs> and that I know you go to about? the games. So, yeah, I think so. And I, you go to the games that I majority of the time watch them on TV, of course. And I think they're onto something with Tony Rome. <laughs> He's just way too excited about everything. It's like if Chris Collinsworth was watching 22 Patrick Mahomes out on the field. Like that's kind of the excitement level Tony Romo reaches with everything from a simple like QB sneak to a generic tackle seven yards down the field like oh, Jim I don't know it's like this is a great play it's a great easy guy like nothing really happened I, I I know maybe I'm in the minority or it's a hot bit of a hot take but I like Romo as a broadcaster I and I like too. and like, I like the emotion I don't I don't have a problem with what CBS maybe has a problem with or what you're proposing CBS has a problem with it's a little it's a little much but anyway Naheem Hines play it was incredible um I was watching it, obviously, and um, it is storybook. It, it's like one of those moments you could only dream up and to have it happen in the moment it happened at the time it happened. It was almost like it was scripted, Tony. <laughs> I'm going into it. I'm going into it. Wow, a big, here uh, we go. League -wide We're one of those podcasts now. I think that is the most ridiculous thing ever. When Aaron Foster said the league was scripted, but it's moments like these that kind of make you like, eh, is, it, is it? No, it's just amazing. I was, while well, I said, as I said, I was watching it, brought a tear to my eye, maybe a couple, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Girl man cried during, during that play. For sure. I mean, great number one. For pick. me, it was just, thank you. For me, just pure jubilation. One of two times I can remember and play in my brain exactly what my reaction was of like jumping and spinning in the aisles in the seats <laughs> of of the state of highmark stadium just really just jubilation you know hugging strangers hugging friends hugging strangers that are now your best friends it was just a wild magical moment it's the number one pick i couldn't even be hugging people from it. new jersey probably oh who knows if you had the Anything chance goes <laughs> eh, if i had the chance i think i would but you know who i hate from new jersey is the bon jovi hate him uh, really sick guy. of his shit. I'm not even halfway there with it. I all the way hate him. 
Yeah, I'm all the way fucking hating him. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, speaking of witty, I thought you were going to drop a, it's the one or two times I remember Naheem Hines doing something since we traded for him. <laughs> yeah, he did it one or two times. Yeah. He did something like once or twice. He, he did twice, something once or specific. twice in the Bills. Exactly. Yeah, in the same game. Um, <laughs> very good number one pick. I have a couple ones I consider for number one. I, I'm going to go for my number one pick. I'm going to go to week six. Bills mm-hmm. Chiefs. Taron Johnson's game clinching interception. Oh, yeah. And the reason mm-hmm. I pick that as number one is because it was kind of the culmination of Everything we discussed in the preseason of what we wanted and why we got a guy like Von Miller Mm -hmm. to be a closer, to be a game clincher against the Chiefs, our sworn enemy, our needle in our side, to have that play happen, for them to rush for game on the line. Von gets the pressure. He doesn't get the sack, which would have been... The ultimate thing, but he gets the pressure. He forces Mahomes to hesitate in the pocket, step to the side, throw sidearm off his back foot, and Taron Johnson steps in, clinches the game with an interception. I mean, that was just like, okay, that this is what we expected from this defense. This is why we go get a guy like Von Miller to close these big games. There's two teams who are four and one facing off against each other for the first time since that epic divisional game. A divisional round game from last year, it was the perfect moment defensively for me as a Bills fan. It was Vaughn creating the pressure, causing the errant pass, and then us executing and Taron Johnson executing with the interception. Um, that was one of my favorite plays of the year just because it's the Chiefs, it's two four and one teams, it's players on the defense making an impact when and how we wanted them to make an impact like Von Miller, Taron Johnson, also known for coming up in big moments with big plays, a la the Ravens playoff game during the COVID year. And now this interception, it was just, like I said, the culmination of everything I hoped and dreamed about the bills closing out a big game would be. Yes. I never would have thought that way before this, but you make, a very compelling argument that that's what that moment was for us to watch that and be like, like, this is it. Like, this is what we signed up for. The gap is closed. This is why we did it. And clearly it's effective. I love it. I love Von Miller. I love this whole thing. Brandon Bean was right all in. And then, you know, who knows how it would have happened if Von Miller stayed healthy. Yeah. But I a hundred percent agree with you. Like that was, there was a very legitimizing moment for sure. Like, do you think they run back? The same defense. I love Vaughn because he's the eternal optimist. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be back by week one. It's like, really? You are? That timetable seems incredibly mm-hmm. fast for an ACL injury. He also you know, said he was going to be back like, the next week. Right. <laughs> I was just going to say, he also said he's going to be back next week. Throughout the season, he's like, yeah, Odell Beckham's definitely coming to Buffalo. I talked to him last week. He'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> the, the ever optimist. I'm going to go win Dancing with the Stars. Always positive. But do you think if they run back the same defense, which... It seems like maybe minus Poyer, the defense is probably going to look very similar to how it did last year. Do you think there's a lot of of positivity to take running back the same defense with now hopefully a a newly healthy Von Miller back in the fold? Mm, See, it doesn't doesn't excite you. It doesn't excite you, does it? Yeah, it it doesn't excite me. (laughs) 
<laughs> they tend to get the job done like that, but it, you're right. It does not particularly excite me, but it doesn't have to have... excite me, I guess. I guess not. As long as they execute and produce, right? And, yeah. I mean, yeah. the excitement's not given. They create their own excitement based on their play and stuff. But, I mean, the Bills so far this offseason have not done many things to excite this fan base, bringing in another Panthers pipeline coach diving back into the Panthers pipeline, letting a guy like Chad Hall move laterally to a wide receiver coach position with the Jaguars, not renewing his contract or re-signing him. His contract was up, but that's a guy and a coach that the players seem to love. Steph Diggs always talked about his relationship with Chad Hall and best wide receivers coach. And the Bills have not done a lot of things to excite this fan base so far. Not that there's much they can do this early. You know, the season's not even ended. We still have the Super Bowl to play, but so far, not really energized, Tony. It's early. I'm keeping in mind that it's early in this offseason. I'm kind of excited about Al Holcomb. I you mean, are. I thought a little bit. I'm talking my way into it in the sense that he's just like a senior defensive assistant, which is like a made-up position in the sense that we just want him on the staff yep. to take over. Like, I, I'm excited because, you know, obviously, like, you can't ignore that Carolina got a lot better once their coaching situation, you know, shifted up and scrambled. Right. And that it definitely includes defensively. And for Al Holcomb to bring that to the table, I mean, that's that's a feather in his cap. And now it can be in our cap. I, I think it'd be cool if he's being brought in to take over in a hypothetical situation that Leslie Frazier is moving on or getting hired as a head coach somewhere or something. I think Al Holcomb could be someone that I would be on board with taking the reins. And I think that he seems great success with Holcomb's in the past. Yeah. That was also a concern of mine, but I mean, I see no reason that I wouldn't be excited or would be that I would be hesitant or temperamental about him being the next defensive coordinator. He seems like, kind of progressive enough i guess can i give you a reason to be temperamental okay yes <laughs> i i was kind of pondering this brought it up. At, uh, thank you uh, great great teamwork i was kind of pondering this as the hiring of al holcomb came through has or have any carolina pipeline players or coaches minus sean mcdermott and brandon bean because they're the ones making oh, the decisions and bringing these guys these... in stipulations and at, well, yeah has any player or coach formerly of carolina worked out for the buffalo bills other than daquan jones more I can't stipulations think of one. i can't think of one i'm not that's not a stipulation i'm just saying that daquan jones is really good i can't think of one like carolina pipeline thing that has worked out can you you know it's tough because i feel like i would want to see some sort of definitive absolute list to really judge because I'm also barely remembering. I'm like questioning. I'm like, well, is Taiwan Jones from there? Did he ever do that? You know, because now out. even now I'm thinking I'm like, I'm like, oh, see, hard disagree. But here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> he does exactly what we what we want him to do. Like it's it's literally Daquan Jones and probably the next player because I don't think any of the coaches have worked out. Like Eric Washington, no. was he a former Panther? Yes. No, he has not yeah. worked out. No, now we're down. Dorsey. The next, like, <laughs> the, the Dorsey worked out as a QB coach. Sure, I, I guess. I don't know what, what? the, you the parameters are. Okay. How, how do you measure success of he a QB here. coach? He like, Josh Allen's really uh, good. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is 100% how you measure the success. He came okay. in here with one, with one 
task. Make Josh Allen good. Develop Josh Allen. He did that. Or it's did Josh done. Allen make Josh That's Allen? That's a successful good. hire. No, because he sucked under the other guy, under Cullen. Under who? Was was that not uh the original QB coach's name? Cullen, David Cullen. That's a that's a good poll. I didn't know that. Very impressive. Like the next like player that might you you could say worked out, AJ Klein. I was thinking about that too. But I mean, the list like is did AJ, did the coaching staff or AJ Klein make AJ Klein good, or did the Twitterverse make AJ Klein good? Well, that's a that's a good question. As it, the Twitterverse made him as good as the Twitterverse made Philly Brown good, I guess. <laughs> Looking right. back at previous Panthers that once donned a Bills uniform, I was just thinking that like I don't feel like any former Panther has really made a significant impact other than being a minor role player on this team other than Daquan mm-hmm. Jones. But thank you, Joe Webb for winning that snow game against the Colts. That was, that's true. That was that's a clutch. good one. That was clutch. Feels like forever ago. <laughs> oh, I know. Right. Speaking of that game well, and forever hello. ago, uh, Nate Peterman's a free agent. Hello. Hello. I'm just saying back the Brinks truck up. I'm just saying it would behoove, the Bills media team, they already have the hype video made up to bring Nate Peterman back. They don't have to do any work. The video is already made. Just run it back. Tony, your number two favorite play of this. My number two favorite play got to be 98 yards Gabe Davis against the Steelers. I had that one too. Good choice. Yep. Come on. That was just pure fun to watch. We're backed up against the wall. I think that was like peak hope and peak trust of Dorsey's crushing it. We haven't lost a step. We're so fucking good. We can do anything. It doesn't matter what any team tries to do to us. We're just going to run circles around him. We have a quarterback that can do anything. Gabe Davis is a megastar. That was just it. 98 yards on third down. Dial it up. It was a brilliant moment that I will remember fondly for ages to come. That was a great play. Tony, do you know how we got to that brilliant moment? This is a callback to... Five minutes ago. Yes, he was on kickoff return. That put him in that predicament, third and ten from their own two yard oh, line. Was it Taiwan Jones? It was Taiwan Jones. Great. Saying. Well, that's not even his job. That's not even why he's there. Taiwan <laughs> but Jones is a it was it was his job at that moment. It was his job to either well, catch I the suppose. ball and take a knee or catch the ball and have a adequate return where you don't put your team with their backs up against the goal line at the two yard line. He had one job and he failed at it miserably. I'm just saying. You can't say he had one job when they have one job at a time. Like I, <laughs> that was his one job. He had in one the job in that moment. Okay, you can't. I think that's unfair to start being <laughs> doing it like that. He's a quality special teams player and a quality man. No, well maybe the latter. I'll give you the latter. You're damn right. I you won't are. give you the former. Anybody can play special teams. Anybody can do that. I'm naive. I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't do it for me. Sorry. Okay. Doesn't Everyone's work. Everyone's entitled to their. Ignorant opinions. <laughs> the Gabe Davis 98-yard bomb. Some say that was the turning point, the start of the Ken Dorsey balls to the wall. Every play needs to be a home run style of offense. I liked it that way. It was fun. Like Looking back at the highlights, doing the research for this pod and finding my mm-hmm. favorite plays, it was kind of a fun offense. It wasn't a very efficient offense, but it was fun. When it hit, it was fun. Right, right. And so I don't know how when, and when I can be. when when it hit and when Josh's elbow was healthy, it was fun. It was. 
Yes. We joke about Gabe Davis needing an eye test or needing glasses. Uh, you've mentioned you think Gabe Davis was hurt throughout the year. And that and that kind of plays, actually both kind of play, but yours kind of plays, and let's get your thoughts after the season here. He had almost half his yardage for the whole season within the first five weeks of the year. Now, a lot right. of it was attributed to one giant game against Pittsburgh. He had 170-plus yards. Um, but is that what Gabe Davis is? Is he just like a feast or famine guy? Like you're either going to get a huge, huge game out of him or you're not going to get much. Like, is that the future we should be expecting with Gabe Davis? Uh, I mean, I think that all uh, matchups has a lot to do with it. So I don't know that it's like a Gabe Davis thing so much as it's just the system thing of if we think Gabe Davis is the matchup we want to exploit and then we'll wind up getting there. But even if it is, I think that's what a lot of number two receivers are. But I also think that Gabe Davis won't be our number two receiver next year. So we'll see. I don't think he can be. I mean, you look at his stats. She ends up with 48 catches for 836 yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, seven touchdowns is great. He's kept up his red zone yeah. efficiency, his touchdown efficiency throughout his short career here. But 48 catches is not, to me, going to cut it for a number two receiver. And I always said, like, when they drafted him and – he surprised everyone in that initial training camp with making plays and kind of standing out with highlight reel catches really took over the Duke Williams job, which I'm probably still bitter about in terms of viral catches every day at training camp. But ever since then, and he got a lot more playing time as a rookie than I, I thought, especially initially starting that season, I always thought like, and I, and I've said before, like they're not trying to make Gabe Davis a wide receiver too. They're trying to make him just the best wide receiver four. And that's considering wide receiver three is typically your slot receiver. They're just trying to make him the best wide receiver four like in the league. And that's perfectly okay. And maybe that's his ceiling. Maybe he's just a super good 50 catches a year over average touchdowns a year kind of player. He was excellent as the number four. Very I think good. he's, I think he can be okay as a number two, but I just think that we can't be wasting good years with an okay number two. The window is closing, I feel like. And I, I don't mean, I think like the window's closing. Closed, and we're just kind of hoping that really? things fall oh, into place. That's a, that's a lengthy discussion we're going to have to have. I, I, guess, I guess the way I put it is the Bills window isn't closed because of the Bills regressing in talent or having contracts catch up to them where they can't supplement the team appropriately without like other than their core players. Like I think the window is closing or getting tighter because other teams just seem to be catching up quicker to the bills mm -hmm. than I expected. Like Miami, like Miami, Miami. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Miami's better and closer to us than I expected at this point. <laughs> uh, the chargers, like all these teams kind of just slowly creeping up, continuously getting better and, and that's why probably I'm a little perturbed in the fact that they haven't made drastic changes because I feel like if like, I feel like the bills are okay with the status quo and the status quo is consistently playoffs, but not doing what they can to get over that final hump that they need to get over, jump over that final hurdle. The Eagles in the early two thousands fired Andy Reed after four straight NFC championship appearances. The bills need to, to me to learn that, it's okay to be not okay with the status quo. Even if the status <laughs> quo is pretty good year after year, like uh -huh. 
we'll take this as Bills fans, like making the playoffs, constantly being good, AFC's champion, top of the league, top tier quarterback. Like it could be much worse. And we've had it much worse for a long time. So we'll take this. But as an organization, sometimes you got to shake it up a little. And when the Eagles shook it up, despite the status quo being really good for them and four straight NFC championships being really good, most teams would take that and most organizations and fan bases would take that. Because they shook it up, they eventually got to a Super Bowl again under Peterson and won a Super Bowl under Doug Peterson. They're in a Super Bowl again under Sirianni. Like, it's okay to not be okay with the status quo, is all I'm saying. I think that we all learned a lot from uh, not the Bills or not even the league, but we, I think we all learned a lot when Lindy Ruff had to be let go in terms of yeah. understanding, you know, just like when it gets stale and you just like have to do it. Uh, and I think that kind of is what you're talking about is when you just, even if, even if success seemingly exists or even if the resume is amazing and even if you know they're very much more than qualified to hold that position than any other team, like sometimes you just, yeah. and that's like how I feel like what happened with Andy Reid. Right. You it's, just have to know. Like, you just have to know. know like it's this, is, this, isn't, this isn't hitting home. Yeah, exactly. It's a feel. You're right. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. We need you to feel Brandon Bean. Tony, my number two play of the year, maybe the most important play of the season happened within the first month of the season. Bills Ravens week four. I direct you to second and third from the Baltimore 45, two minutes and 14 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Not only are the Bills driving to take the lead in a incredible comeback, they're down 17, nothing in that game, I believe. Two minutes and 14 seconds left in the fourth quarter, extending drives, moving the ball down the field. At that point in time, what happens, Tony? The most important play of the season, maybe the most important play of our Bills fandom happens. Josh oh, Allen uh-huh. pass short left to Khalil Shakir for nine yards. <laughs> Khalil Shakir's and we're on first the ever, first ever catch in the NFL, the first ever appearance of the He Wolf. That's my number two first play. First time the full moon rose. <laughs> <laughs> might be the most important the player of, uh, of the organization's history. I, I'm just saying. I In I, many ways, we, yes. We in can't many ways, this. the organization was reborn on that day, in that moment. You you would say transformed. Yes, I would. I would say tra- transfigured. I would say yes. time itself has been transfigured in the sense that really all of Bill's history should be measured BK before Khalil or anti-Shakira. <laughs> Which would be Latin for Shakir. Don't be confused. Even though their hips don't, no, neither of their hips lie. But neither, no. Great, both great, great hips. hips. Because truly, truly, we were both thrilled at that moment when Khalil Shakir, you know, joined production. R- really, the start of um, us, myself, yelling "He Wolf" at the screen. Uh, Let's go, yeah. He Wolf. And everybody I'm watching the game with be like, what is he talking about? And then just getting and then just convincing people to get on the He Wolf movement to start calling him yeah. He Wolf. I had I had some conversions, Tony. Every Ooh, single yeah. week. The He Wolf movement. I mean, I would a, say that's is, is a train. It's a wagon and it's not stopping. And you can't circle it. No. Because it's it is true. I mean, it is it shouldn't take very much to convert anybody of sound mind to get going on he wolf as a fantastic nickname that makes so much sense so much that is the birth of the he wolf the arrival of the he wolf week four bills ravens his first catch uh tony your third and final pick for favorite play of the year from here first catch 
<laughs> to mine, which is a last catch. I'm going with oh. John Brown laying out into the end zone. Oh, wow. Rocking that touchdown. Why are you Just saying when last you thought, catch? Is he gone? Well, I presume. I don't know. I mean, you I don't know. know. Maybe. Who knows? But I mean, you know, we, we had some good times with John Brown. He came back seemingly Great in times. a moment of fate playing out. Desperation. That, <laughs> that was not to be. Yes. Unemployment. But that right. was not. But that was not to be. But when he when he went off for that catch, and it was just an incredible catch. Yep. Boy, did we all have a good time. That was fun. We got it was it was just a little dip in nostalgia. Yeah, it was fun. John Brown catching the ball. Josh and John doing the whatever celebration they did the first go around, bringing that back in the fold. Mm Hmm. It's like a lot of fun. It's yeah. like the, seeing it's like the, the reboot of the... Quantum Leap. <laughs> yes. Like nobody it's asked, like... nobody asked for it, but we got it. So let's just embrace it. Yeah. Uh, that's a great way of putting it. It's like the reboot of Quantum Leap <laughs> because it truly was a Quantum Leap. And that's kind of like what yes. it looks like when John Brown does his like flailing the arms dance. Looks like he's right. going through some sort of Stargate tunnel. Right, exactly. He did leap for that catch. No, it was uh, good to see Smoke back in the fold and and making an impact, uh, even if it was, you know, short <laughs> for a short time. Um, <laughs> it, it was fun. I, I, I can't even, like, knock it. The fun, nostalgic thing that happened. Good choice. Yeah, I think it's something we'll all enjoy. Yeah, well, I'll look back and be like, hi, hey, remember, when, remember when John Brown came back for those? Yeah, we'll be like, remember when John Brown was on the team? It's like, oh yeah, remember that other time he was on the team and like that yeah. amazing touchdown catch? I'm like, maybe some like four snaps? random trivia question. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Matt, <laughs> what is your final pick? Round us out. Third and final pick. I have to go back to the defense. There's not a lot of plays that like make me like I call them knuckle biters, where it's like, ooh, that I could feel that through the TV. Bills okay. Jets Week 14. When Matt Milano folded Mike White like an accordion <laughs> on oh, yes. the most picture perfect hit I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes. I, I was biting my knuckles. I'm like, oh, like usually I'm like raucous and like, yeah, let's go. Like, great play. Like that play happened and Mike White just curled up in a ball of pain. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, ooh, that's not good. But it was so good. Like, that's not I good know, for Mike but White, but you it, really it did looked it. so good. It was a miracle that he, I don't want to say survived, but that he got up. Like, it just seemed like he was destroyed as a man. Like, it it looked like he just got hit by a train. Like, all his ribs were just disintegrating. There's no ribs. Yeah, there's no ribs anymore. Yeah. There's just dust. We'll find them in the implosion of of Ralph Wilson when they build the the new stadium. Uh, We'll find him. We'll find Mike White's ribs in the rubble of of the Ralph. But I was looking, as I mentioned, going through highlights of the past season and each week's highlights, and that one just stuck out. And then I'm like, Matt Milano had a really good year. Let's see like if there's more Matt Milano things. And of course, the Bills put out recently like a whole highlight reel of Matt Milano plays. And I'm just like, yeah, Matt Milano was silly good this year. Yeah, he was. Like, ridiculously good. And all pro, well-deserved status for this year for Matt Milano. Which makes me also think you resigned Tremaine Edmonds. You can't pay him more than Matt Milano, right? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I was just thinking. Well, we got Matt Milano on a deal. Like Matt Milano's deal is a steal. I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For For quality of player he is. Absolutely. I'm just Mm -hmm. 
I'm just saying, like, Matt Milano's costing us what? Average of 10 million a year, right? According to Spot Track. It's not my money. I don't pay attention to that. <laughs> it says, well, is it your money? We always discuss this. Do, you, do your season tickets yeah, go towards is it, is it my money? Sellers? I mean, I don't know. Is it? It's Terry's money. This past season, 2022 season, just under a $5 million cap hit. 2023, $13 million. 2024, Thirteen million, big front loaded, which Brandon Bean loves to do, and then twenty twenty five and twenty six. Pamela was just going to cost us two point five million and one point two million on the back end, which by twenty twenty five, and he's cost us two point five. He's only going to be thirty years old, so it's not like he's at like mm-hmm. the last years of his career here. He could probably play another five years beyond that. But let's just say thirteen million. Like I feel like you're right. That's a steal for a player of Matt Milano's caliber. And you can't play. You can't pay Edmonds more. Edmonds isn't as good. If Edmonds' agent comes to the Bills and Brandon Bean says we're taking no more, no less than fifteen million, fine, you're walking. Yeah, like, go test free agency because you're not better than Matt Milano, and we're not paying you like you're better than Matt Milano because Matt Milano's really good, mm-hmm. really like really good. When you talk about like sideline to sideline, and my biggest trope with Tremaine is always like how he diagnoses plays. He has the athletic ability, obviously, and we all know that, but the mental ability of diagnosing plays, picking the right running lanes to shoot the gap through, not engaging, but like how he goes about, I'm watching Matt Milano highlights and plays. Matt Milano does all of that very well, getting through the hullabaloo of the line to scrimmage, finding the little gaps in between the 1500 pounds of man in the trenches and finding a way to make a play. He's just very good at understanding the game and the execution on top of it is, is the cherry on top. I just don't think Tremaine does what Milano does. And I don't think you can pay him that way. So I was watching Matt Milano plays observation. A man, he's silly good. And he was really good this year. B he's so good that you cannot pay Tremaine Emmons more than him. If Matt Milano is the benchmark of it, then we're never signing anybody ever. No. I mean, that's, that's fine. like, that's, I don't yeah, want that, to if they're not Matt Milano caliber. <laughs> right. If we can just get some sort of like Matt Milano genetic clone situation, that's all we really need. Just yeah. Matt Milano needs to be the frog that fills in the rest of everybody else's DNA. I was going to, I was going to say like dino, the, dino DNA. Yes. I think that's where I was going to go. I was going to go Jurassic Park. We need to take. Right. Some kind of Matt Milano DNA or skin sample or hair follicle, put it in ember, preserve it, and then replicate it. (laughs) Right. Tony, any honorable mentions? Rattle them off here. Uh, I had when Dawson Knox floated across across the threshold into the end zone. Oh, yeah. And then it was like, it looked like a blip on the screen where it's like, well, wait, how did he land over there? Uh, And then the other one that that I had was also Gabe Davis's other big catch from the Steelers game when he got the touchdown, but like while, while yeah, he like wrestled the like ball away from away. Yeah, yes, yeah. Wrestling the, yeah. Yes, exactly. That one, that, that one was a great play mind yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. That was a heck of a game from Gage Davis. Yes, it was all downhill from there. Really peaked in week five. Yes. A couple I had uh bills Titans week two, Reggie Gilliam TD on a screen pass, which oh, was, yeah. Which was crazy because I don't think we got a big man touchdown this year. We had a couple last year with Dawkins and Tommy Doyle, but I don't think we had a a big man touchdown this year. So I think Reggie Gilliam qualifies. And yeah, he's gonna have to. It, it, 
It was almost like uh, the Jerry Hughes fumble for a TD against the Broncos a few years back when it was just like, go down. This play's dead. This is not going to work. Uh-huh. That's what I felt like. Screen pass Reggie Gilliam. He gets tackled by like two guys, somehow gets spun out of it five yards backwards from where he originally started and then just like decides to continue the play and ends up scoring a touchdown. So always great to see fullback one Reggie Gilliam Maction himself <laughs> score a F-B touchdown one and only aka not Patrick DeMarco score a touchdown no, yes and then I had because we have to I have to give some credit to Josh because he was again incredible as he always is where do you finish fourth in MVP voting this year I believe which was a, a great testament to the year he had and kind of overcoming the struggles that the rest of the offense posed to Josh but I had to put a Josh play in at least my honorable mentions, and I had to go with final week of the season against the Patriots. Bills 28, Patriots 23. Patriots are actually running <laughs> side by side with the Bills in terms of scoring points that whole game and kind of a worrisome game. But uh, fourth quarter, Allen just hits Stefan Diggs with a 60-yard dime on a rope across the field. And it's just one of those plays, as Josh has almost every week, that are just like jaw dropping that only Josh can do. And you just kind of have to mm-hmm. kind of smirk or laugh. It's not even like, man, that's really good. It's like, did he just do that kind of? <laughs> and and that was the right. play that stuck out to me. Allen to dig 60 yards on a dime. So those were my honorable mentions. So I had to put Josh in there because he, again, had a just an incredible season. So sure. I remember on that last play, like that was the play. I found that play to be very relieving since it was right before the playoffs to be like, Oh, okay. Josh is almost back. He's fine. Yes. Is, like, okay, we're going like, to be good. I don't have to be worried about. Yeah, I don't have to be worried about this anymore. This is this is good. Yeah. This is good. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, it was a very relieving, not only for that game because again the Patriots were were hanging around for way too long. Um, mm-hmm. Considering they, I don't think they. Oh, they did have something to play for that game. I think they had the final playoff spot to play for, but. It was very relieving in terms of the Bills. Didn't feel right for so long, and that play was kind of like, okay, the switch might flip, and they might get right for the playoffs. It might be the Bills. We we kind of saw the first month of the season come alive again in the playoffs. Lo and behold, that did not happen. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it gave us a spark of hope. That that play to that touchdown to Stefan Diggs. So. It made it seem uh, like again, these year's year's playoffs was going to be like last year's playoffs. Yes, exactly. Real yeah, quick question for you: Are you worried about Stefan Diggs' future? Like him wanting to be a Buffalo Bill? Uh, no, not especially. Okay, I think he I was does. Just curious, just curious if. Okay, why are you? Your needle moved a little bit. Like he was talking this week during media week at the Super Bowl about how he wants to play with his brother, and he's been a big Cowboys fan his whole life, and it's been a dream to play with his brother, and just kind of the frustration, fr- frustration we saw. Frustration. I like the lingo of calling it a frustration. The frustration we saw him display just kind of throughout the season, not even in the playoffs in that final Bengals game, which is just frustration for everyone. But, you know, there was multiple times throughout the season where, you know, the, the one scene sticks out to me of Diggs and McDermott kind of, and McDermott consoling Diggs and Diggs getting frustrated that he wasn't getting any targets. And there was just things like that. And then Chad Hall leaving. Just I don't know. The, the meter, the needle moved a little for me. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah, like worried. with the Chad Hall thing. That that's something. Yeah. I don't know. But that's for another time. That's for future yeah. Matt and Tony to to worry about. Yeah. Uh Tony, let's uh wrap up our Bills talk and we'll get into our 
prop bets here when we get back from the break and work from our sponsor oh the weather outside is frightful but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to traveling growler and since we know place to go keep it cold keep it cold keep it cold with a traveling growler koozie koozie starting at just five dollars check out www.travelinggrowler.com today and now back to the show and we are back listeners it's as i mentioned at the top of the show my favorite segment of the offseason super bowl week is here Tony, let's talk about some of our favorite Super Bowl prop bets, whether it's about players, whether it's about commercials, whether it's about random things. There's like four million Super Bowl prop bets you could bet on. The possibilities are endless. It's fun, though, to bet on the Super Bowl because there's just so many different things you could bet on. It makes the game quite interesting, especially if your team's not played in it. So, but, but Super Bowl bets, like historically, this podcast, our bets we put out, pretty good like they have a good hit rate so (laughs) listeners if there's a time to take our advice on gambling it is usually for our super bowl bets tony i'm going to start us off with what i think is just a shoo-in of a bet i'm going right to the commercials to start off okay tony the question the bet is how many commercials will have a dog in it Mm. Two and a half dogs minus one eighty five under two and a half dogs plus one forty five. I think the over's a shoe in here. I it's for the whole game. For the whole game, how many commercials will have a dog in it? This is easy. Uh, my over. Matt, there's going to be a dog in every commercial break. That's right. That's what I thought. That's clear. That is a that is a clear over. This is a this is a cash cow. This is not a dog. This is a cow. I might put a second mortgage on this bet. I feel I I would. I I, I plan on it. Over two and a half dog, two and a half commercials with dogs in it. Yeah. Where can I experience this bet? (laughs) This is easy. easy. This is an easy one. We're starting you off with a gimme, folks. Mm -hmm. Not only are you are you gonna get like probably your chewy commercial, probably your pets.com or pet anything that has to do with pets that normally run a commercial. During the Super Bowl, like it's very likely that Budweiser, any car company, I mean, well, the Dalmatians the, are going to be in there. The possibility, yeah, the Dalmatians. The possibility to have a dog in a commercial is is endless. A car commercial could have yeah. a family, a family getting into a car with a dog, a dog sitting in the front seat. A car commercial driving will down have the, a dog. The highway. Yeah, I don't know. This dogs are Too easy. obviously. This seems too easy. It's almost it's yeah. almost one of those that seems so easy that you kind of hesitate on it. Eh, do, do they know something I don't know? Yes, that's what I'm is thinking the, too. Is the fix in? Is the fix in? I got I got to think I, the, the shoe in though is over two and a half. I think I think yeah. I'm going over. I mean, it's, I think yes. You got to take the over. You got to take the over. Yeah, take the yeah, take the over. Everybody, uh, Tony. Does. Yeah, every everybody, take the over. Lock it in. Tony, your first prop bet you're looking at. I am attracted to a prop bet, whereas I'm going uh, not to commercials, but I am going off the field. And I'm attracted to the lineup that they're proposing of who will be the first celebrity shown. Oh, interesting. I like this. Whereas, okay, so the leader in the clubhouse is Bradley Cooper at minus 500. And I'm wondering... The Eagles fan? Right. Yes. Known Eagles fan, Bradley Cooper. Known camper. From known Hot, Bradley Cooper, known <laughs> yes. ce- yeah, known celebrity, but minus five hundred. I think that Bradley Cooper is stealing 
so much of the attention that I, I think they'll like want to work their way up to Bradley Cooper as they show celebrities throughout the game. Cause okay, I'm looking like at like thought I'm looking at who's in see, like I'm looking at, okay. I'm looking at it in two ways. I'm looking at who's in the minus territory mm-hmm. and I'm looking at like Matt Damon in the minus territory, my minus one twenty. but Ooh, then okay. I'm looking at some way bigger stars. Now who I actually think will be, they got Kevin Hart at minus two fifty. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real good chance it could be Kevin Hart. Really good chance. That's, yeah. Kevin Hart, I think Kevin last Hart. time they won the Super Bowl, didn't Kevin Hart sneak onto the field? I was gonna say he's like tried to like pretend yeah. as if he like, was think, with the team. Yeah, I on really stage. like. I really like the. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that story. I really like Kevin Hart to be shown as a priority, but minus two fifty, you could still even do something with that. But I like the odds on some of these on some of these people in the positive, especially plus one twenty. Rob McElhenney. Oh, is he I big enough? I really though? like That's Rob McElhenney at plus one twenty. Is what? Is he like a big enough what do you name where they show him first? See, I think he is in the sense that he is a sports owner. I like that angle. Whereas they now like well, yeah. Whereas they now see him in the sports business world and will want to show him interesting uh, quicker because like even right above him, Brad Pitt, Will Smith, Miles Teller, Ben Affleck. I don't know why Affleck mm-hmm. would be there, but also Matt Damon. Matt Damon's a minus one twenty. I also don't know why Matt Damon would be there. Uh, right. Kim Kardashian, Noted. Leonardo DiCaprio, and Pink. Okay. And I can, no. I kind of like Pink at plus four hundred too. No. big risk no reward, way. but you can be around. Nah, nah, okay. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. I like the Rob McElhenney angle. It's hot nah, name like right Rob now. Rob McElhenney in this. Always sunny. Exactly. Wrexham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I feel like he. Like they it. show him at a lot of sports games. I feel like I just always see him at sports games. And I always feel like when they show celebrities at sporting events, it's sometimes not like the biggest name you know. Yeah. Eric Stone Eric Stone Street will be shown <laughs> at like the right. Royals game or something. Like not like mm-hmm. a huge name, but Rob McElhenney definitely fits that like not too big of a celebrity, but also you also gotta think of like who's the celebrity who's actually watching the game. Because they're not going to show a celebrity on camera who's like in the back of the suite, right? You know, yucking it up with other people, and they can't see their face. And we think we think that's Bradley Cooper, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I who feel do like Rob McElhenney would actually watch the game. You you will see his yes. face. Oh, I would a hundred percent agree with that. A hundred percent. If I know Rob McElhenney, like I think I do, he a hundred percent is. But then I also think like, what celebrities do you associate with these two cities? Well, three cities, really, even if you count Arizona in the mix. Well, Arizona is not a city, but you know what I mean. Right, but with right. the two cities, like when it comes to Eagles, I think Rob McElhenney pretty early. And I okay, also yeah. think West Philadelphia born and raised Will Smith, 200 yeah. plus 200. Okay, like it. Kansas City. Like it. Now, Kansas City, I can think of two major Kansas City sports fan celebrities. I associate with Rob Riggle and I associate Kansas City sports fans with Paul Rudd. Oh, yes. Paul Rudd, who has a big movie coming so, out next week. Absolutely. Uh, that's another good point. So I would am very surprised I do not see Paul Rudd on this list. That but is maybe surprising. he's like minus 10,000. Maybe he's minus 10,000 or something. Maybe he will be the True. first celebrity shown. It's too easy. True. Interesting. I like this. Rob McElhenney, Will Smith. I like those choices. Mm-hmm. First celebrity shown. Roll the dice. Like it. Tony, my next one. I'm going on the field. What's all the talk? 
for the Super Bowl. It's about the, the Kelsey brothers. Show. No, oh, okay, the, Kelsey the Kelsey brothers. Bro. Travis versus Jason. Their mom is in the mix. Their mom just signed a sponsorship deal with Budweiser or Bud White <laughs> to be a spokesperson. It's all about the Kelseys. The Watts are gone. Their subway commercials are done. Their tag game show done. It's all about the Kelsey brothers now. The Watt brothers are old news. So I am going with uh, what I think is another shoe and bet. Even though the VIG is super high, will the Kelsey brothers hug after the final whistle on the field? Yes, minus 400, mm. no plus 250. I think it's a big and yes. I feel. I think it's a big yes. No matter what the outcome is, the Kelsey brothers are going to hug. Now, the question is, and this is where you got to read the fine print sometimes, listeners, does it need to be shown on camera? Because if the camera doesn't get that hug, does that count to win the bet? Yeah. That's where you got to read the fine print. I definitely think they're hugging. Will the camera be able to catch it? Because it might be a quick hug. It might just be, hey, good game. Now go celebrate with your team. Might be like a two-second thing. Camera might not have time to catch it. So read the fine print. But if it's just will they hug and there's some video evidence, whether it's on social media, through an iPhone, or whether it's on the broadcast itself, it seems like a shoe and bet for the yes. I have to say yes. If it's going to shake out like that, I also think so as well. It does seem to me that what you're proposing is the second version, the second draft of this bet, because I'm looking at something similar that was not approved by the Nevada Gaming Commission as a bet. That is, will they hug each other first or their mom first? Oh, I like that. Mm. Well, not approved, so you can't do it. Well, I, I think it, if, if the mom is down on the field before like they hug each other, that'd be very surprising. Mm-hmm. I was looking at a bunch of Kelsey family bets because I think a lot of attention is going to be put on them being brothers and both of them having kind of a, a boisterous personality and very charismatic. So I think I think they're going to be kind uh-huh. of the marketing play here for the Super Bowl. Uh, so I had the the hug after the game. I have who will be shown first after kickoff, Travis Kelsey's mom, the father, or both at the same time. Both at the same time as the favorite at minus 125. I got to think that's another shoe in because they're going to be sitting together, right? <laughs> like the mom and dad are going to be sitting together. So why wouldn't mm-hmm. they both be shown at the same time? I think that's a right. shoe in. I think that's a shoe in right. too. I would, I would. Minus 125 is not uh, bad either. I would parlay. I know I would parlay those together. I like that one. The, like yeah, I would parlay, parlay your gr- two bets. Parlay is a great together. idea. Yeah, parlay is a great yeah, idea. Yeah, parlay like those that. two shoe wins. Uh huh. Maybe in parlay it with a third leg here. What will be the higher number? Travis Kelsey receiving yards or Jason Kelsey snaps played? Now a center typically plays on average. I was looking at the Bills snap counts throughout the year, and, and the Bills are. Pretty, pretty efficient offense uh, for the most part, especially earlier in the year. Mitch Morse played about mm, 60 to 65 snaps a game. Travis Kelsey's very likely going to get over 60, 65 yards. So I think Travis Kelsey having a higher reception number at minus 165 is another shoe. Mm. Yeah, what, it's plus 165? Minus 165 for Travis Kelsey having minus? more receiving yards. Yeah, that means it's a favorite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I could swing that around. If I could short that bet, I think I would try to do that. Right. I kind of, I like, I like it going the other way. You like Jason Kelsey more snaps? If it's a higher, yeah, if it's a higher return. Yes, I do. Ooh, I like Jason Kelsey more snaps. I think a lot of talk is on Travis Kelsey being 
the greatest tight end of all time. He's been unstoppable this playoffs. I mean, did he set the record in the AFC championship or the divisional round? 15 plus catches. Nobody can stop him. I just think receiving yards, unless it, he gets like, and he's, I think he did this with the bill when he played the bills. He had like 10 catches, but for like 45 yards or something like weirdly low, uh, unless that plays out again, I, I definitely see more reception yards. You know, those are good. I, I definitely like the both parents at the same time being shown first. I think, I think that's mm-hmm. the shoe. In yes. Tony, where are we going next? Give me another prop bet you like. You know, I'm going to go. It's a, it's a prop bet that has been in discussion within our circle that I got turned on to. And that's the question about, well, it's a question. It's a prop bet I actually don't like because it's a question about Rihanna's cleavage and will it be shown? Ah, uh, yes, I saw that one. And I'm like, I'm not like, that I this is getting d- a lot of did hype. research into it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, aren't we past this? Like, this seems silly. Aren't we past right. this as a society? This is a no, very silly bet. But I also think clear as day, yes. Like there's going to be like six costume changes. Right. One of them is bound to involve the cleave. Yep. Gotta be. I can't believe it's even in discussion like it's a question. <laughs> right. Because it's like, so I'm like, I'm like, of course, one of them, one of these costumes is bound to be low cut. Of course. Yeah, it, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. I think what 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 is mm. what is the odds on this? Oh, I think yes, cleave is in the positive. Interesting. I think they're anticipating I that it will not happen. Ooh, I would definitely jump on the cleave being shown. Be all over that for sure. For sure. I'd be all over that. This is an interesting one. I found, and I I think the odds are are correct based on subliminal marketing lately. But the question is, the bet is. Where will Andy Reid visit or eat after the game? Now, how they prove this, I don't mm, know. I've seen things like a report. this. The leader in the clubhouse is Burger King at minus 175. Now, I think you got to do okay. some research on this one. I think you got to do some research. I think you got to Google Maps where State Farm Stadium or whatever they call it is in Arizona and what is around that in terms of fast food joints. So I think you need to do some legwork on this one. But just in terms of, like I've said, subliminal messaging, Burger King's is on everyone's mind lately with that jingle. So if it's on everyone else's mind, Andy Reid, a notable, notable cheeseburger eater, mm-hmm. man loves a good cheeseburger. I'm thinking he's got the Burger King jingle on his mind lately too. So Burger King at I minus one seventy five seems right. Are they? They're a huge sponsor. We're all thinking Whopper, Whopper, Whopper all the time. And that is a bet that I saw that I was not going to draft. I don't know if you were going to, but it was uh, an over-under on the amount of time Whopper is said during the broadcast. Oh, God, no. What was, what was the number at? I don't I don't remember. Oh, jeez. Uh, actually, I don't know. I think it was... I don't know that it was an over-under. I think it was like... I would probably The amount of go time under. Whopper be said be more than something else and i don't remember what it was i i would go under mainly Mm because i think burger king has done a masterful job with their marketing and i don't think they need the super bowl plug i don't think they need the notice. i don't know that they do either i mean i kind of don't think burger king needs anything i'll tell you what they do need they need to be a sponsor of the witty dot sports podcast hell yes we love burger king we love you we love burger everyone should eat a burger king i love chicken fries Love those chicken fries. They're so good. Love those chicken fries. <laughs> Some on the field ones I had real quick here. 
The Chiefs total punts over under three and a half. I kind of like over. Usually there's like some nerves well. in the beginning of Super Bowls. You know, you see some anomalies in terms of like high efficiency offenses kind of sputtering at the, at the start. I like the over three and a half punts there. The distance of the longest enforced penalty in a game. So this is pretty much just, is there going to be a pass interference? Because the over under is at 15 and a half yards. And the only way there's a over 15 yard penalty is if there's a pass interference. So I kind of think there's got to be one pass interference this game, right? Oh, I definitely think so. Yeah, I like the over 15 and a half yards there. So the Eagles run an offense heavy on the run, which opens up play action. So Hertz throws a lot of long distance balls. Pat Mahomes has MVS, Bell the scaling, who just runs fly routes all day. So those are bombs. He has guys like Kadarius Tony who are fast. And um, I think I think there could definitely be a long pass interference in this game. And there was a couple others I liked. Like I like Travis Kelsey over under catches. It's usually at seven and a half, eight and a half, wherever you can find it. Mahomes, that's Mahomes go to target. I mean, the guy just racks up catches throughout throughout these games. So I, I always like the over there. If you can get at seven and a half, like jump on that. Even eight and a half, I think is a pretty good bet. So the other one that's just not on the field, and the the final one I have written down here, Tony, uh, who will be the first Manning shown during the broadcast, Peyton or Eli? Peyton, the leader at minus one seventy five, Eli plus one thirty five. Mm-hmm. I think you got to go Peyton. Like who shows I think you? Eli? Too. The He's only thing nothing, is, Eli is nothing without Peyton. Right, exactly. Like whenever you see the Manning brothers, even in the Pro Bowl, it's like. Peyton was shown first. And then if you watch any of the right. Pro Bowl, it seemed like Peyton was shown first and then they would pan to Eli with for the reaction or whatever. Yeah, Eli is nothing without Peyton. The only thing that I'm held up with is do commercials count? The Mannings will be. Oh, I thought yes. If the commercials count, I think Eli's doing a lot of commercials. He's in a pickleball commercial with Gronk. Uh, I forget what it's for. It might be for FanDuel. Like, I feel like. Eli is more susceptible to being in commercials than Peyton is at this point. So that's my only hesitation of who will be shown first during the broadcast. Will they show an Eli commercial? Mm-hmm. So again, read the five I think, people. See, I don't know. I think that it's got to be, it would be a Peyton slash Eli commercial. And then what? Which in my mind, they a, all then are. It's a push. And it's a push. Then it's a, yeah, then it's a push. Right. Well, I guess yeah. it would just be whoever really shows up first. Yeah. Right. I guess so. Tony, did you have any final prop bets you wanted to to rattle off here? You know what I really the like na- is national the anthem. <laughs> That's always a popular one. Gatorade color. Uh, well, I do like one. the national anthem one that I just saw about um, an over under on the word brave, the final word of our national anthem, Ooh, over or under one. five seconds long of just the word brave. So I was intrigued by do that. Have, I would take the over. Do we know who's singing the national anthem? Chris Stapleton. Never heard of him. Okay. Uh, and then can the guy hold the note actually maybe I can I can't picture him I can't really picture him just like belting it for five seconds yeah, so maybe right? I would take the under yeah maybe I would take the under on that um, well anyway the one that I really like is who will be who will the Super Bowl MVP refer to first in his speech always a popular teammates one, yep. got a religion city fans personal family coaches team owner but I like that God and religion at plus 150. I would think that would be the leader in the clubhouse, but they disagree. Mm, I feel like they always, I feel like they always acknowledge God first. Is this, this is the MVP? 
Yes. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a good bet. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good bet. I think someone should do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that actually. Plus one, plus one fifty. Those are good odds too. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I'll have I'll have to look back at past, well, especially the Chiefs Super Bowl because Mahomes won the MVP, right? And you got to figure if anyone wins the MVP, it's typically he's got a good chance this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so did he do it then? That's a good mm. point. That's good research. That's good betting research. Yeah, you got to do your research, people. If you want to win money, do it, your it, research. Yep. Listeners, we'll post them on the Twitter sphere for you before the big game on Sunday. Uh, Tony, prediction for the big game. What do you got real quick? Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm going to say Eagles 27, Chiefs 22. Wow. If the Chiefs only put up 22 points. That'd be mm-hmm. incredible. I'd be very yeah. surprised by that. Yeah. Well, I actually, you know, the, I, I mean, the Eagles are, the Eagles have a very aggressive penetrating defense. So nice one, Troy. I'm willing to say, <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to say. Very Troy Aikman of you. The penetration. Yeah, I get you. Just not acknowledging it. <laughs> you know what um, else is bullshit? These Rihanna cleavage bets. We're better than that, people. <laughs> we're all better than that. We're better than that. We're better than that. What are we? We are. Us two are. Society, maybe. And the we'll dog. Jury still out. Dog, dog the bounty hunter. <laughs> and the dog yeah. society. Nice. Uh, my prediction, <laughs> I have to go with, if the Eagles get out to an early lead, like that's their game. Their game is long drives, running the ball with Hertz and Sanders and Gainwell. They can get out to like an early 10-0, 14-3 lead. I, I think they're they're good for the rest of the game. I, I think they lock mm-hmm. it down, but if they come out of the gate slow. I don't think they're a come from behind team. So I also think the chiefs are talented. There's no denying that, but they're very Patriots esque in terms of they have a horseshoe up there, but <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people on the social medias are like, they get all the calls and whatnot. For me, it's not like they get all the calls, which I think they rest favor them. A little bit, but I think it's more of like eye rolling of the fact that they get the exact outcome of the play that they wanted at the exact time it needs to happen. <laughs> like that AFC championship game against the Bengals, like Sky Moore, who is not their typical punt returner, did not feel the punt all game, gets put back there because of injuries and happens to get a huge punt return right when they need the the go ahead field goal. The Bengals player late hits Patrick Mahomes out of bounds, like at the exact time they needed that late hit so they can get in a field goal. Like, it just seems like those plays happen way too often for the Chiefs. That's why I say they have a horseshoe up their butt because they just get the play they need at the exact time they need it. So my prediction that happens in the Super Bowl once again, because Chiefs will chief. And uh, I'm going to go Chiefs 31, Eagles 24. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boy, we were predicting different be, teams. I think it's going to be a good game. I think the Chiefs yeah. got it, though. Tony, what do you say we wrap it up, though? Let's put a bow on it, baby. Let's put a bow on it. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Shop local, support local, travelinggrowler.com. Podcast or teespring.com. Search witty, not funny, all one word. You can also find some of our designs on the built in Buffalo. T public store search built in Buffalo on T public, but you can find all our designs on teespring.com. That's T E E spring.com. Just put in the Google search teespring witty, not funny. 
and you'll find our pot or our, our store support the podcast, cool designs. Um, it's the off season. You got money to spend. You don't have money to spend on tickets and food and whatever you got. You got extra income spending on a witty, not funny piece of apparel, Twitter handles, or no, I'm sorry, where you can find the podcast. You can find the podcast where you find podcasts to listen to for free. iTunes, Spotify, on the Built in Buffalo podcast network every single week. Search Built in Buffalo. Search Winning Not Funny. If you like us, subscribe. Leave us a review. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we truly do mean that. Thank you, everyone, for listening this season. And I uh, hope you continue to listen in the off season because it only gets better. We got XFL. We got draft. We got random stuff. Cornhole, maybe. Who knows? Um, Twitter handles. Tony, where can the listeners find you? You can find me at, which is not a metaphor. You can <laughs> literally, you have to type the at symbol. Mm-hmm. And then you have to type Tony Ambrose, which is my name. Tony Ambrose, which is his name. Simple as that. The at symbol is the A with the circle. For those who are unaware, uh-huh. <laughs> you can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, Woody Not Funny Sports, Facebook, TikTok. We do a lot more on different social media platforms, uh, not just Twitter, because Twitter's going to heck. I couldn't even use it the other day. It kind of is. It I'm is like not even, bad. I'm finding myself just, I'm finding myself just like not even wanting to I know. open it. Like, it, like I'm not, like I'm not naturally going to it anymore. The worst is the, uh, if you open a tweet to read comments, there's ads in the comments now. Yes, I know. I've seen <laughs> that, that is incredibly annoying. Um, so who knows where we'll be, but follow us at all the platforms. We love falling back. We love connected with Buffalo sports community out there. Bill's mafia, Saber source people. Give us a follow. We'll follow right back. Uh, send off for the listeners. Tony, what do you got? Take us home. Oh, shit. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> oh, shit. It's per- yes, you're right. <laughs> that, that That is Tony's send off. <laughs> uh, because, you know, that, what, what else is there to say these days other than, oh, shit. Uh, and as I always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye, Chad Hall. Known listener, Chad Hall. <laughs> Marshawn is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. <laughs> Swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching you that guys. Much. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.